All right, back in here on The Fan. I think of The Office, the wedding scene, when they go down the aisle with this song. This song was like major, it was big time for like a whole like three-year stretch. That's all I think about. But that's not why you called today at 216-474-0092. I want to know what your level of confidence with this Browns team is. I have taken them off my contending board. It's fine. It's okay. I'm not abandoning this team the way I feel like some people are. I'm not. They have one of the best defenses in the NFL. It just, the, the reality is set in. Nick Chubb was human deodorant. He covered up a lot of mistakes. Now we're going to find out what this offense can be without Nick Chubb. And without Nick Chubb, Deshaun Watson doesn't have the amount of time to try to figure it all out, and that's the reality here. I thought Watson would have more time to be able to get it all together if he struggled out of the gate like he has. I'm also surprised that his accuracy issues have stayed the way that they have. It's one of the most accurate quarterbacks. He turned his... previous eight games into the equivalent of what Josh Allen was when Josh Allen came out of school and nobody thought that he could actually turn into the quarterback that he became. Remember the the scouting report on Josh Allen? It's like, we we know he can throw it over the barn. We don't know if he could hit the barn. Wildly inaccurate. That's what Deshaun Watson's current accuracy is right now. Looking like Eli Manning 15 years ago. Well, guess what? It's not 15 years ago. It's 2023. The reality is, is Deshaun had a year that he completed 70% of his passes. Unreal when it comes to accuracy. 70% is where Drew Brees lived when Drew Brees was leading the league in completion percentage year in, year out. He wasn't accurate in the six games last year, and that was the rust that I thought would be worn off, but he's been Mr. Magoo with the football so far. 31 of 32 NFL quarterbacks are better than him in completion percentage. Or, excuse me, he is the 31st. So 30 are better than him. There's one that trails, and that's Zach Wilson, who arguably should not be playing in the NFL. And then that includes Joe Burrow on one leg. So Joe Burrow on one leg has been a more accurate passer of the football than Deshaun Watson has. These are the things that you just never could have really, truly seen coming in this way. And anybody that wants to tell me they have, I'm just not buying it. I thought Stefanski and and Watson, I thought this relationship would be better at this point, but we're only two weeks in. People are acting like we're 12 weeks into the year. We're only two weeks into this thing. Two weeks. Joe Burrow and Deshaun Watson are separated by a point in completion percentage and one point in passer rating. Bengals fans aren't losing their mind. I'm not saying that it's a guarantee he's going to get this thing headed in the right direction. The reason why you believe in Joe Burrow, why you believe in a struggling Patrick Mahomes, is the reality that they've shown you in the past that they could do it. A very recent past. More recent than what Deshaun Watson has shown you in the past. So I get it. I understand it. But let's just be honest about it. When when we come to the conversations that we had in the previous couple weeks about contenders and about being able to play with the big boys, the Cincinnati win went a long way. But I was telling you guys for as long as you guys would listen to me, and I appreciate you guys when you do, uh, but it just it kept ringing hollow. I was like, I, I, I know we need a win against Cincinnati, but we need Deshaun Watson to look good um, as, as fast as we possibly can. But nobody in their right mind could have ever envisioned that in the first two weeks we'd, we'd lose our starting right tackle in Jack Conklin and then – the very best running back in the game in Nick Chubb. That is a ridiculous amount of carnage early on. Now let's see what they can do. Stefanski, your job's riding on it. Let's see what you can do. 216-474-0092. Brent, up next on the fan. Hello, Brent. Hey, how you doing? What's up, Brent? Uh, no, I don't think the ship is uh, sunk just yet. You know, as far as uh, Deshaun, he, he needs to stop panicking. You know, in reference towards... Him holding the ball six, 
seven seconds in the line. Well, that's a result of, you know, the offense can't hold them forever in that situation. You have to release the ball within the first two, three seconds. That's the window of cushion. If you wait six or seven seconds, you're giving time for the defense to adjust to the offensive wide receivers. Uh, in reference to Nick Chubb, you know, I hope he is, is not, you know, uh, career ending. You know, when he comes back, I'm sure he's going to get praise similar to the people in North Korea. And so, you know, and I, and I look forward to uh, seeing all of that. In reference hey, what towards, was that? Repeat that line for me one more time. When when he comes back, when he comes back, you know, if it's hoping that it's not season ending because no one's kind of heard from Chubb since the injury. When he comes back next year, you know, the fans is going to praise him almost similar to the the people in North Korea, you know, with uh, Kim Jong Un. You know, he's you know. Is that like a round of applause for Kim Jong? Is that what you're trying to get across yeah. there? Okay. Well, no, 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 praising regarding the excitement of his return. Uh, no, no. <laughs> In reference to, <laughs> now, okay. now in reference towards the in reference towards the head finally in reference towards the head coach, keep the game simple. Stop trying to look pretty. Get Clean Hunt in here. Stop trying to look pretty. Make it simple. Keep it basic, and and they will do fine. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate you. See, I had to rewind myself there. I was like, wait. Is he saying we're going to applaud him like we'd applaud North Korea? Or is he putting he, – he made us North Koreans there. And that in the hypothetical, he made us North Koreans is what he did, which is not great. Not great in any, any stretch of the measure. North Korea jokes always make me laugh, though. Two one six four seven four to below 92. They just, they just – they always will. It's just a ridiculous place. It is a, such a ridiculous place. <sighs> I think the gut punch for a lot of people watching it was that it was nice weather. There was no rain or freezing temps to get in the way, and he laid an absolute egg. You had no excuses. There was absolutely, you were out of excuses last night for Deshaun Watson. The only thing you could do was just throw up your hands in the air and say, well, I guess he doesn't have it right now. That's it. And the worst part is that the defense was so awesome, all he needed to do was just be respectable, and we would have walked away with a W. But he just kept vomiting all over his shoes, and I just, it, it felt sad it felt every way that you wanted to make the Browns be good from your couch, you just couldn't. But the defense was so awesome that I'm not willing to throw this team away. If the defense was what you saw last year with Joe Woods, I would say, okay, fine. Let's start to uh, consider the idea that we got to pack it in and maybe start to play for next year a little bit. I'm not doing that with this team. I want to know what your confidence level is, 216474 to below 92, but I'm not doing that with this team. There's a lot of belief I have in this squad. I'm not saying they're going to be a contender. I'm not saying that anymore. I've taken that away. I've stripped that until they prove me otherwise. But I will say I'm not just getting rid of this squad. Not with how good that defense is. Not with the playmakers. Amari Cooper was exceptional last night. Absolutely. Uh, with a groin injury, injury, he made every play imaginable, and he always has. 1,000-yard receiver in Oakland, 1,000-yard receiver in Dallas. Doesn't matter who he's with. 1,100 yards, eight touchdowns. He's going to always get you big-time numbers, and he showed you that again last night. But I think it was the, gra uh, the gravity of everything. In the pregame show, I told you that was going to be the type of game where everyone started to buy back into this Browns team being a real deal. The national media, local fans that weren't willing to buy in, they needed to make sure that you could get it done against Pittsburgh, under the bright lights, 
national stage, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman on the call. You had to see him come through in those moments. You had to see it. And they laid an absolute egg, all things considered. But through two weeks, you have beat Cincinnati, and then you followed it up with a, a fourth quarter where you lose to Pittsburgh by less than one score, and you had the game you had the game wrapped. You had the game won. And the defense did its parts. Minus seven yards total for Pittsburgh in the fourth quarter. They they gifted you that win, and we weren't able to get it done. There's just so many different ways that this game was so heartbreaking. So many different ways. Jim and Solon up next. Hello, Jim. How are you tonight? Hey, good. Thank you for taking this call. I'll be real quick. But uh, this going to sound like nitpicking, but sure. of all the bad things that happened last night, I cannot get over the fact that we had a week to prepare, and there were meetings that were had. And the play that they opened that game with was a four-yard out to Harrison Bryant. Not just four-yard <laughs> out to Harrison Bryant. Jordan Aikens is on the field. There is only three ways that happens. Either Stefanski yeah. is so deep in the weeds, I don't want my head coach head. There's going to be some schematic thing, X and O's. There's a reason why you go there first play, you know, put something up later. You're too in the weeds to be my head coach. Two, he's too cute doing too much. It's like the guy who can't get off the aux cord or get the aux cord and he's playing like deep cut song no one knows <laughs> or he, it's just a reasonableness check like how did that there's no way you can spin it you've put in money into Najoku. you've spent a second round pick on elijah moore you've nick chubb all these different things it sounds ridiculous if, if that play doesn't end up the way it does no one's thinking about this i want to know how there was real bandwidth of kevin Stefanski this week spent figuring out <laughs> Our first play, Monday Night Football. Oh, one and oh. Harrison Bryant, yeah. Harrison Bryant, four yard out. Not just Harrison Bryant, four yard oh. out. We're going to have Jordan Aikens on the field as well. I, I don't, there's, I, 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 you know, again, someone actually knows is going to say, oh, it opens up something later down. They're, they're setting things up. But whatever. I, I don't, there's no, I can't, I, I don't see either. The guy Jim, you're is right. too cute. He's you're right. too in the weeds, or he's a moron. And uh, I, it doesn't matter which one. There's more to it than being a head coach than play calling. If yeah. you want to get in the lab and, and scheme scheme stuff up, ah, that was too close for us, Jim. That was too close for yeah. us. But I, you did a good yeah. job, and I appreciate the call. Thank you, man. It's too thus far, shooter. That is too thus far. Uh, here's the problem. Uh, so I like Stefanski. All like Stefanski to a degree, but I agree with that call from Jim. How do you spend? a week thinking about that game, and you get your play calls ready? You know, the, the broadcast said that Deshaun Watson knew that opening play, likely Saturday morning. So Deshaun Watson himself, for about 36 hours, or sorry, Saturday morning, this was not a Sunday game, this was a Monday game. So they knew for 48 hours what that play was going to be to open up and really sock it to Pittsburgh, and that was the best you can come with? Throw it to old brick hands Harrison Bryant, who hasn't made a significant play for us in how long? I didn't think he should have made the roster. I thought we should have gone two tight ends. I didn't think we need to carry three tight ends. That's fine, either here nor there. But that's your opening play? Jim, you're 100% right. Sometimes Stefanski just gets so in his own head that he's, he feels like he's out-scheming like an AI robot or something that it has, like, all the answers. You ever see, like, those, those, uh, those documentaries about, like, the Grandmaster Chess Champions? 
where they go up against the robots that have like all the moves and play at a level that no human should ever play at. And they always have the right answer and they always have the right move. And it's like, it's like hour long, hours long competitions. And it's just a ridiculous feat of mental fortitude in order to win those. I feel like Stefanski forgets sometimes he's going up against humans and he thinks he's going up against those robots. He thinks he's going up against a coordinator that is always going to make the very perfect defensive play call, and it's just not true. Sometimes take what's given to you. Sometimes take the obvious play. Sometimes don't give Harrison Bryant the football. My goodness. And if you say, I can't trust Harrison Bryant, then why is he on the field? I'd revert you back to 40 minutes ago and say, precisely, sports fan, you nailed it. Exactly right. Harrison Bryant doesn't belong on the football field. I'm okay saying that. I've seen it for enough years. I said the same thing with Austin Hooper. Doesn't belong on a football field. Got paid like a top five tight end. Didn't belong in a football field. You guys know where my heart lies when it comes to tight ends. It's David Njoku. I think Njoku's fantastic. And I thought yesterday, a Pittsburgh game is the perfect game. He had two touchdowns last year against the Steelers. He winds up perfectly against them. And then he ended up fumbling the football. It's like, well, them's the breaks. Then I can't buy a win from the tight end spot. Don't go to your tight ends. Use them as pass blockers and, and don't try to turn every tight end into Travis Kelsey because you're not able to. You're just, you're just not able to. Daryl's going to join us coming up in an hour. I did get some tweets in, by the way, and our Twitter reaction is brought to you by our friends at Chapman Jewelers, Cleveland's premier jewelry store. Nick says no way the opening play was to Harrison Bryant. Deshaun threw the ball to him doesn't mean the play was built for him. Come on now. This is going to call in after Daryl. All right, Nick, call in after Daryl. Daryl's at 9.20. You can call in at 9.40. We'll do off the beaten path at 10 o'clock. We'll never know. We are never going to be able to have that answer, are we? I guess we could ask Stefanski, but as Ken so eloquently put it earlier in the morning, that's like talking to an Eastern, I- Eastern Island statue. Like that, you're just, you're going to get nothing there. He's just, he's, I mean, that's all he is. He's just a brick wall. He's not going to tell you whether or not that was the right call or not in the first play. We just have to speculate. I don't know why in my brain Easter Island did not sound right. It's right. I know it's right, but it didn't sound right when I said it. It's like Easter Island. And then I thought of like an island of like uh, like bunnies and, and all sorts of like Easter egg hunts instead of like an island with a bunch of statues that are just kind of sitting there. But that's basically what Kevin Savansky is. He's just a statue. He just sits there. He's not going to give you any information. And Deshaun Watson's not going to give you any information when it comes to where his brain was or what he was thinking on that that particular play right there. I'll comb through it from earlier, see if we can dig anything up, but I, I would doubt there's anything of substance in there. It does seem pretty idiotic to make that your opening play, though. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Where I hope, I hope that Nick is right. Sim in Cleveland. I'm next. Hello, Sim. Hey, JT. How you doing? Yeah. What's up, Sim? Uh, I got a couple points to make, so I hope you, I'm going to try to get through them quick. Um, the first thing you were talking about, Stefanski um, and his press conferences, to be honest with you, the way I see it, because I hold Watson to a high standard because we paid him so much, I get where he's coming from when he says it's everything. Because as a spectator on TV, we don't get to see how the routes get ran and stuff like that. We're focused on the quarterback until the ball is thrown. So going through the progressions and stuff, I see – where he's better from the last six, got balls in the dirt. Then we got balls in front of people, balls behind people. That throw to Harrison Bryant, off his hands, he should have caught it. But like you said, he's got butter for hands. So I feel like even the, you're talking about him scheming stuff, it's like 
for when people are talking about the defenses being so good, and, and forgive me if I say something stupid because I'm a Browns fan, not a football fan. No, no worries. But when you're talking about defenses being really, really good, if, if I was to compare it to basketball, you know, they'll be like, oh, that was good D, but a better shot. You know, cause, but that's an individual effort. So when you were working in that team aspect, yeah, the quarterback's getting a lot of the blame. But I would say, Sim, if you're, you're a basketball guy, so I, I would say yeah. I would say it's close. You know how in the NBA, if I if you were to ask me to somebody that's never watched the NBA before, I would say that the NBA, the offense is about eighty percent of the game, defense is about twenty percent. Is that fair? Yeah. I would say in the NFL, it's maybe like a seventy thirty split right now in today's game. It was different thirty years ago, but right now it's like seventy thirty. It's closer to what the NBA is than what it than what it ever has been historically in the NFL. Okay, because like. It, it bothers me when we're so hard on the offense. Like, okay, I believe Kenny Pickett sucks, <laughs> like what yeah. everybody talk about. But with the way the defense played, you would expect him to have minus seven yards. You see what I'm saying? Like, even a sucky quarterback against amazing defense is oh, going to be no. historically worse in that aspect because the defense is that much better. Yeah, you don't you don't you see, see it that way though. You know, no no, even even okay. even bad quarterbacks sim, like like bad quarterbacks are still going to get yards and they're still going to be able to do things. And, and so like the idea that they had negative 7 yards total in the fourth quarter was mm-hmm. laughably bad. You're not supposed to dominate that right. way. The Browns defense was just right, awesome. Exactly. Now if we put that same concept over to the you know, like with him trying to get back to what he is, and I love the chess reference you gave because to me it's like chess with the pieces constantly moving instead. So now I was a state champion in high school. Oh, nice. You play me now, most people could probably beat me. Like online, I'm only rated a 1,000. Most masters and stuff like that, that's, that's a huge gap in difference. So it's not that I don't have the knowledge. When I go back over my game reviews, and I'm like, oh, my God, how did I miss that? It's plain as day right there in front of me. But – in the heat of the moment. You see what I'm saying? Because I play on the clock. Yes, so, yes, yes. Yeah, like, I, I get the pressure aspect and the things that we're talking about mm-hmm. and that and that very reason as to why you're saying, am I completely done with him? No. Because I see if he, if he could do what he did with Baker Mayfield and Jacoby Brissett, there's no way he should have an issue with Deshaun Watson. What I feel like the issue is becoming, just like with Baker Mayfield, you got that ego in that player. So if Baker had to just listen, regardless of how crappy he was, Stefanski was scheming them open. Then those schemes also, like you said, he's out taking himself on the defense. But when the defense is that good, again, that, it could be just me not being a student of the game. But it's like, yeah, I'm trying to outthink the defense at that point. But if it's not, like you said, is well, but there's there's there's, 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 there's layers to that. And, Sim, I'm going to play a clip here. I, pre- I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, man. Yep. All right. Um. There's layers of that. I, I think in years past we did wonder that about Stefanski in the eight and seven win seasons in the years prior. We did wonder if the game got a little too fast for him because you see him make like the third and two and fourth and two last year. That call will stay with me because that is not a that is not a call. Even if someone thinks that they're they're being smart and trying to outmaneuver what somebody else would be thinking, and then you get in this weird chess game as we were talking about, where you just you just you end up looking stupid and you make dumb decisions based off of it. But there were times where I wondered if the game became too fast for Stefanski. But I liked what he said about Brissett, and I liked what he said about the past quarterbacks because I, I, that's part of the reason why I had confidence in Deshaun Watson, where I thought the low bar, the low bar, like the lowest in what you could possibly see for this Browns quarterback situation, 
is what Jacoby Brissett was last year, which at times last year, the Browns, no joke, were legitimately a top-five offense in the NFL according to yards per game. I thought that was going to be on the table. Like, like if you have – we everyone uses the, the car example, right? Like, you have a Ferrari versus a, a mid-sized sedan. Not that mid-sized sedans get crapped on for some unnecessary reason. They're very nice. Uh, they're very nice vehicles, but it is what it is. You're supposed to be able – to make that baby run. Like I said, Kyle Shanahan, for instance, Kyle Shanahan has never had a great quarterback as a head coach. He's had Jimmy Garoppolo. He's had Trey Lance. Now he's dealing with Brock Purdy. And he, he's, he's like very, he's very similar to Stefanski and that they always bring the best out of these quarterbacks. But go back to when he was in Atlanta as an offensive coordinator and he had Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan in 2016 won the league MVP and put up what I believe to be one of the best non-Mahomes seasons of the previous decade. He was awesome. You're supposed to be able to, when given better talent, not only make that talent shine in a way we've never seen, but also if it all goes to hell in a handbag like it has, you're supposed to be able to have a bare minimum that should have been somewhere around what Jacoby Brissett was last year or what Case Keenum was in Minnesota or what Baker was at times even when injured here in Cleveland. That's supposed to be the bare minimum. The impressively awesome, or excuse me, impressively sad, got to use my words right here, impressively sad part of this whole thing is how Deshaun Watson has found a way in a very, very short sample size to not only look as bad as we've ever seen someone look under Kevin Stefanski, but is going on a complete record pace here in two games of just complete ineptitude. And I know he's doing things that are bothering you. He's got the face mask. He's got all these other things that are popping up. He looks like he is just not getting it in a way that I think a lot of us envision that he would. I don't know what the hell's up with these sideline passes that are just... Do we need to find a way to cheat and make the, the field like five feet longer or something? Did we run out of sideline in Berea? What? Uh, why is it every throw was just like three feet right off the edge of the field out of bounds? I don't know what the hell he was doing. I don't know why he was getting so cute. And also, by the way, on that note, Stefanski, throw the ball. I know we don't throw it right over the middle of the field or anything silly, but stop making every single throw that Deshaun Watson had to make on either sideline. If you know he can't hit it and you know every throw he's making is missing, I don't know, maybe he didn't want to throw into traffic, though. See the double-edged sword here? See how you can go down this this weird road where it's almost like Stefanski's making all these th- these decisions that makes it seem like he doesn't know what he's doing, but at the end of the day, he's really just protecting the fact that he doesn't believe in Deshaun Watson? Because that's what a lot of that felt like to me in the scenario we just laid out. All right, I want to play this clip for you guys. We'll get back to your phone calls as well. 216-474-0092. couple of you guys have been hanging for a while. I do apologize. We've gotten to a bunch of phone calls today. There's a lot to get to. I promise if you hang, we will get to you. Uh, but Nick Wright is on Fox uh, Sports 1. First things first, you guys know I think the world of Nick. This is what the national media, though, this is what they're talking about in regards to Deshaun Watson, whether or not they think he's cooked like a rotisserie chicken. This is what Nick Wright had to say. Here we go. You guys know I think the world of Nick. I've been listening to Nick do radio since he was in Kansas City like 13, 15 years ago, somewhere around there. Like I'm like an old-time old listener. I don't know how you can make that statement after two weeks. How can you say he's cooked after two weeks? It's not great. I'm not going to go ahead and put lipstick on a pig. I don't feel awesome about it. But how can you say he's he's done and he knows it? 
I got a lot of soul searching I'm going to have to do. Obviously, I think we all got a lot of soul searching we got to do. There's no way that what you saw to Deshaun in the previous two weeks is the best version of Deshaun Watson. Now, maybe Stefanski's got to put the training wheels on. Maybe he's got to stop treating him like he is Deshaun from 2020. Maybe he's got to go ahead and dumb down the offense. Maybe he's got to treat him like he's Jacoby Brissett. I'm okay with all that. We got to start getting wins. His defense has been too good to let this offense go ahead and, and bleep the bed and have us in that type of situation. Two one six four seven four to below ninety two. Bill in Phoenix has been waiting patiently. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate you. How are you tonight? Hey, I'm doing well, JP. Thanks for taking my call for some caller. Uh, I'm out in Phoenix, but I uh, grew up on the west side of Cleveland. Represent Illyria. All my friends out there. Nice. And a longtime Browns fan. Uh, I'm, a, I'm at a confidence factor six right now. With this caveat, provided we get to the quarter pole, or what used to be the quarter pole, uh, two and two, I think Tennessee is a big game. you yeah. got to win that one. And then you're probably battling to keep pace with the Ravens, and if the, if the Bengals turn it around, probably them as well, at least for the division. The defense, I agree with you earlier, Not unlike the Bears in 85, the defense isn't going to win you the Super Bowl, but I do think they still keep you in it. And as we've said for you know a couple of years now this defense is stout and with Jim Swartz it's it's pretty stellar so I think they keep you in it I'm willing to give Deshaun a pass and I'm not a Deshaun supporter I never have been um, really for personal reasons and for football reasons but I'm willing to give him a pass because he watched Nick Chubb go down who is the heart and soul of that team and I don't think he has the maturity at least last night didn't have the maturity to fight back in the moment as demonstrated by the the unthinkable two face mask penalties. Um, so also with respect to the run game, you have Ford. There was some twitch and some burst there, certain parts of the game that I wasn't expecting. And I think that's a good yeah. sign. Yeah, definitely. So you, you scheme for Ford going forward. You, I think you might be able to cover up some of Deshaun's immaturity with a little bit better play calling. Uh, and Joku's got to show up. I mean, the fumble last night was, awful, but I don't even think he was targeted more than a handful of times, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. He's got to show up in the game plan. he got to make use of his size and athleticism. Honestly, I think the biggest um, concern going forward is tackle play. And if they can't get those tackles figured out to give Deshaun a little bit more breathing space, I think that's going to be a bigger issue. That's all I got. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate you. We'll, we'll talk about Jedrick Wills a little bit later on, and we'll talk about the slot machine with a helmet that is Dewan Jones. I actually thought he did a pretty good job. All things considered, I thought Dewan Jones had a nice night for himself. Jedrick Wills was an absolute disaster. But we'll talk about that a little bit later on. we got Daryl Wright at 920 as well. I think I said Daryl Wright. I, I combined Nick Wright and Daryl Ryder into Daryl Wright. That's fantastic. Daryl Ryder will join us coming up at 920. We continue with your phone calls, though. 216-474-0092. I know it sucks, but I don't know how national pundit Nick Wright, someone that I respect, I don't know how he can say that after two weeks Deshaun Watson is cooked and he knows it. I don't know how we can say those words. Now, Deshaun Watson is going to have to have a dumbed-down playbook. He's going to have to have – Kevin Zafanski is going to have to make some adjustments here. But I'm not, I'm not writing the season off after two weeks. I know it's convenient for people to do so. I'm not doing it. We'll continue on. Again, fan focus at 9, Daryl Ryder at 920. Your phone calls next. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterlin here with you on The Fan. All right, coming up in 15 minutes, we got The Fan Focus. we got Daryl Ryder at 920. 
That means not much time. We've had uh, about two hours to react to your phone calls, and I want to hear this is a day for you. This is not a day for me to sit here and, and tell you about my misery and, and then really my optimism moving forward. It's about you guys and, and your guys' impressions of the game, and so we've done a, a healthy dose of that, but I want to make sure I squeeze as many of you as I can in here because I'm still trying to figure out whether you guys are confident with, about this team moving forward or whether or not after two weeks you guys are willing to say, oh, boy, we might have missed here. I'm not in that camp. Now, I, again, if you've been listening to me for any stretch or measure, you know I was very optimistic into this season, and I was very optimistic last week. Last week, uh, listen, you beat the Bengals the way that they did. I was over the moon, but part of the reason why I was over the moon was the idea that I loved what the defense did. The part in the back of my brain that stuck with me was just going back to that poll we did a couple weeks ago where so many of you guys wanted the week one win, but you didn't care whether or not Deshaun Watson looked great doing it. You just wanted the win. I wanted Deshaun to look great because ultimately that's how you end up deep in the postseason. So I've removed them as contenders until Stefanski and Deshaun Watson get their act together. But I'm not tossing them aside. Defense is too good. And Deshaun Watson, I disagree with Nick Wright, our friend at Fox Sports, who believes that Deshaun Watson is cooked and knows it. I don't think that's true. I don't know how he can have so much confidence in what he saw in the preseason and then come out and look as flat as he has and as bad as he has. But there's still got to be something there for Deshaun. And maybe I'm just hoping and, and holding on to that hope. But Stefanski's never coached a bad quarterback like that. He's never not been able to get to at least any quarterback he's touched to some, some semblance of you're okay. And right now, with this defense and the way that they're playing, that's what I need the Browns to get him to. Some semblance of you're okay. And if it means he doesn't throw the ball 35 times and he throws the ball 28 times like Baker did, then let's get him there. 216-474 to below 92. Deshaun's got to put the ego, throw it right away. Just push it off to the side, forget all about it, and get this team back to where they need to be. And in the meantime, get his confidence up and get him heading in the right direction. Mike and Menner up next on the fan. Hello, Mike. Hey, JP. How are you doing? Hey, Mike. How's it going tonight? I'm good. Uh, I wanted to talk about the Chubb hit, but yeah. first I wanted to get to one of your earlier callers and take off that. The first play, I watched earlier where Shannon Sharp was breaking it down, and he was saying the problem was the scheme more than, you know, a missed catch or a bad throw. He said, you know, they ran a, a an out route you know, 10 yards, and they ran a stick route under it. And Harrison Bryant probably checked up because he saw the that's, other defender right there. That, that's, that what led... they, that's what the broadcast said, too. Troy was making it sound like uh, like it was, yeah, it was, uh, I, clearly they thought Watson, Watson thought that Harrison Bryant was going to continue running. And then, as you said right there, Bryant checked up, and that was the difference there. Yeah, and, I mean, that's just bad scheme. That's first play of the game. That's Stefanski more than anybody else in my estimation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's my take on that. But, I mean, I want to move on from that. But my 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 take I had earlier, and I, I got on with Dustin and uh, Nick, but it was right before they were going into their closing credits, and they mm -hmm. really didn't comment on it. You know, the low hits, you know, on the knees and stuff, yeah. obviously p players are, are going at, you know, rocket speeds and angles of – of launch can't be controlled, but rules can sometimes create, you know, coaching and muscle memory and things that could possibly 
you know, eliminate some of these career-ending kind of injuries. I know, like, last year they came up with a, a rule where, like, pulling guards and, and tackles that come around mm-hmm. can't get cut low by linebackers and, and, and DBs, who are obviously at, a, you know, a, a large, you know, underweight, you know, kind of disadvantage. Yeah. So why can't that happen with DBs? I just think, at, Mike. I just, like I just Chubb. think. I just think I mean, that someone, saying, some of these DBs just I can't, can't take. take they just can't take it down. down. Yeah. Yeah. So why is one rule to protect the safety of the player, but not the other rule to? Well, because the and other the other rule isn't it. the other rule, Mike, isn't there to you know if if you get a cut block and alignment that way, that's not. We're not talking about anything that the. It's not a cut block. It's the DBs can't cut the pulling lineman coming around. But they're not, know, they're not actually having the ball, though. So they're, they're not actually having the ball at the difference. I understand ones, but they're both offensive players, and they're I both at disadvantage weight-wise. And they seem to cut the, the uh, linemen a slack where someone can't go low on them, but running backs that are big coming through, you can go low on them. I see what you're That's saying. That's all my debate. I, and Mike, and I appreciate you. I'll respond to it. I see what you're saying. It's a good point. It's a good point. It's not It's not one without merit. It's just I think the NFL is going to approach this like it's a freak thing, and it's not something we see every game. We saw it every game. Maybe it would change. It's not something we see every game. You know, it's just it's one of those plays. And Mika Fitzpatrick, even though he got in an argument with Jamar Chase last year, and he's one of those players that tends to uh, uh, upset other players across the league, he's not Vontez Perfect, but he's knocking on that door. Just because he's one of those guys, I, I don't believe it was intentional. I just don't. I believe it's the only way he thought he could take down Nick Chubb. And so he went low, didn't see a player going high, and it was just a really unfortunate set of circumstances. Brian and Twinsburg up next. Hello, Brian. Hey, Jonathan. Uh, long-time listener, I think second-time caller. Nice. Uh, two things about the Browns and then one about golf. Okay, good. Um, my confidence level is right now four. Um, between Watson and Stefanski, I just – the Watson stuff, again, I, I'm, I'm not giving him an excuse for Russ, but there's something going on. I hope his visualization coach figures it out. And, <laughs> and maybe Stefanski should go with him because, you know, to me, I, again, I yeah, you talked about dumbing down the playbook and that type of stuff. We didn't pay that. They didn't pay them. They didn't pay him for that. He's got to be dynamic. If he's got to get – Back from out under center, so be it. I just cannot, I cannot watch this because this is Brissett territory. This is Mayfield territory, and we didn't. If you're going all in on this and you're giving up draft picks and you're guaranteeing this money, I need more from him. Okay, Stefanski. Um, a, a couple callers ago brought it up. He outsmarts himself. He outsmarts himself. I haven't played football in over. 40 years or 35 years, whatever the heck it's been. Mm-hmm. You go out there and you establish what you want to do. Okay. You get, and then you get the feedback of what the defense is doing. Then you make your changes. He goes in there changing his mind. The, it, it's not so much, again, you, you were just talking about the Bryant pass and all that. It's not the fact that he ran that play. He ran that play with that personnel. How are you running the, how is that not going in the Joku? How is, I mean, if you want to run the bomb at the first play of the game to try to catch him off guard, that's fine. I don't care about that. But you're, some of the personnel decisions he makes, 
He takes out all the starters, and he's got all the second string in. Well, what do you think the defense, any kind of good linebacker and safety, is going to figure that out? They're going to change stuff up. They're going to, you know, they're going to stack the line, and then then they're screwed. So he's just got to figure out some of this rotational stuff because to me, that's. I mean, it's not it's not the end all be all, but it it just gets to the point where he just makes so many strange decisions. Yeah, and and I don't understand why. So. I got you. Um, lastly, yes. Um, I know a few weeks ago you were talking about uh, Glen Eagles out here in Twinsburg oh, being yeah. a bougie course. No, oh uh, no, I don't know that I said bougie, but I said nicer. It, it's a little bit more expensive than uh, than some of the other places, but it's a nicer course. I don't know about bougie, okay. but it's definitely nicer. Okay, well, I, I go there a lot. I have a group, and we are the Chervik Saturday Golf League. There's 12 guys in our group, and uh, but we never have all 12. So. I'm extending to you at some time next year. <laughs> okay. Coming along, we, we get off between eight and nine. We're done by you know one o'clock, and we 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 more than welcome to have you. So, all right, thank you, Brian. I might have to take you up on that. I appreciate you. All right, thank you, Brian. You know, I, Glen Eagles isn't bougie. Glen Eagles is nice, though. I do like Glen Eagles. I end up, you know what I really like about Glen Eagles? Not only is it a challenging course, I like their practice range a lot too. Anytime you can hit off grass, you can get to hit, hit off real glass grass. It just uh. Oh, it makes you feel good. I like that. Good feedback. I took uh, actually, I took my daughter there last Thursday, uh, and it was our first venture into can she stand the driving range and not lose her mind? And she didn't, and it was awesome. And I, I, I put like the headphones on her and everything like that to make sure she didn't freak out. And you could see in the beginning, people looked at me like I had a banana tape to my forehead, taking the you know the daughter to the driving range, basically. And then as people realized she wasn't going to lose her mind, then all of a sudden it became like oh. How'd she, uh, how'd she hit him today? How'd it go out there? And I'm like, yep, we're doing it. We are doing it. So, yeah, no, I, I like Glen Eagles. I do. Uh, let's squeeze Ralph in really quickly. Ralph, really quickly, what's up? Well, uh, you have to say that uh, Mr. Stefanski uh, really uh, decided he didn't have confidence in Deshaun's uh, passing ability. So, oh, I got it something he never seemed to get. Let's use Nick Chubb and let's let the defense figure out how to stop Mr. Chubb. Well, the defenses know hitting him high isn't going to stop him like Jim Brown. It's not going to stop him. Hitting him low does stop him, which increases the uh, uh, chance of injury in this case, very severe. And so what happened is because of the lack of confidence in this $230 million disaster at quarterback, Chubb is out for the season. And uh, Stefanski uh, might have just mimeographed every week the same page to the press and not bother holding a press conference. We got to do better than this. We got to do better than that. And, uh, Ultimately, you have the owner who shelled out this money, who looks like a fool, and everybody in the NFL knows it. All right, Ralph. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Tell me how you really feel, Ralph. Ooh, jeez. All right. Uh, 
Fantastic two hours. Appreciate all you guys' insight. Appreciate all you guys' calls. Uh, I have the fan focus coming up next. We've got Daryl Ryder at 920. We'll get back to your phone calls after that. 216-474-0092. If you're hanging, hang tight. But we had a couple things we're going to do and take care of coming up next, including the fan focus, which is the very best from all the different shows all throughout the day. And I'll put my spin on it after they speak as well. It's overtime with Jonathan Peterson here with you on the fan.